Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Born to Talk radio show. It's my favorite day of the week. It's Monday, and I'm real excited to have my guests today who are representing the Kiwanis Club's and I'm I'm just delighted, and I just want to tell you that Joni Ackerman is with me, and she is the District Governor of the California, Nevada, and Hawaii Kiwanis. Welcome to the show, Joni. Hi, thank you so much for having us today. It's a marvelous. pleasure, and and it is marvelous. And also joining us today is someone that you know very well, which is Jim Thompson, and Jim is the Lieutenant Governor of the California, Nevada, and Hawaii Kiwanis Club. Welcome to the show to you, Jim. Thanks so much, Marsha. I really appreciate this opportunity to share with your listeners uh, about Kiwanis and the message of the Kiwanis and the good that we do. Terrific. Well, I would be um, making a mistake if I didn't do a little shout-out because oftentimes I'm asked, how do you get your guests? I mean, week after week, you know, you're – well into three and a half years every Monday of doing this. How do you go about doing that? In your particular case, a very, very close personal friend of mine, Chad Mender, is a Kiwanis. And his very good friend, Jeff DeLarm, is also a Kiwanis member. And Jeff connected me to the both of you and said, you know what, Marsha, here are two really outstanding representatives that understand what the local Kiwanis does and what it does at the next levels up. And that is how this all started. So I want to thank Chad and Jeff particularly for making that connection because that's what my three C's are all about, conversations, connections, and in your case, the community of Kiwanis. I think it's always interesting to me, and so I believe it is also interesting to our listeners to just know a little bit about the guests that I have each week before we dive into your topic, which is obviously Kiwanis. So, Joni, I thought we would just start with you. <clears throat> Pardon me. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, what you do professionally? I, I'd love to know the, the Joni story. Okay, great. Um, I am originally from Columbus, Ohio, and I grew up there, and I went all the way through college there at Ohio State. And I became a member of the California of the Ohio Bar, and then I moved to California for more opportunity. So I became a member of the California Bar, and I am a certified specialist attorney in estate planning, trust, and probate law. So I have an office in Manhattan Beach, um, and I enjoy my law practice quite a bit. And actually, Jim. Is a, is a colleague, um, and he'll tell you about that. So mm-hmm. I got into Kiwanis, though, um, about 14 years ago through my husband, and I've been, I would say, equally devoted to that 
uh, along with with my business. And uh, you know, as we'll talk more, uh, the last two years I've spent probably I guess you could say I've had two full time jobs. Quantas <laughs> uh, being one of them. That's that's great. And and you have do you have family? Yeah, so um, growing up in Columbus, Ohio, I grew up with my brother, who's a professor now at the University of Michigan, Dr. Mark Ackerman. Oh. He's got two kids, mm-hmm. both lovely, and one of them, uh, my nephew, is on the city council there, and he won his seat when he was 21 years old, and he beat the incumbent, oh. and so he's decided when he was 10 years old that he wanted to have a life in public service, so that's very interesting. And mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I learned about community service through my father. He was very heavily involved in our local Columbus, Ohio community. So I've really been doing community service, uh, which is what Kiwanis is all about, uh, since I was a little kid. That's, it's, it is interesting how we fo- follow our paths to take us into community service, regardless of what that might look like. It, it is really, really interesting. Jim, I'd like to ask you that you know um, the same question. I'd I'd like to hear about you know where did I don't know if you grew up here or tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, unlike Joni, I was born in uh, the San Fernando Valley of you know, Los Angeles, and but shortly thereafter, when I was a in elementary school, moved to Mexico, lived in Mexico for about two years, and then the rest of uh, uh, elementary school and junior high was in Texas, came back out for high school and graduated from Burbank High School, uh, worked full-time through college and into law school. Like Joni, I'm also a lawyer. I graduated, oh, geez, about 30 years ago from, 35 years ago from Cal State Long Beach, Phi Beta Kappa, and then uh, I was very blessed to graduate from uh, Loyola Law School with a Juris Doctor with honors, uh, all, the t- all the while working full-time. I am a trial lawyer, uh, real estate trial mm-hmm. attorney. Uh, currently, I'm, I serve as vice chair of my city's planning commission. I'll be on the chairman of the planning commission uh, October 1st, and I was very blessed to uh, be elected two years ago to be lieutenant governor for Kiwanis. I was president of my Kiwanis club in 2000. I joined Kiwanis in 2009, very late in life, um, and mm-hmm. became president of my club a few years later. And then uh, two years ago was elected to be serve as uh, lieutenant governor this year uh, under Governor Joni's uh, leadership. And my area of Kiwanis geographically runs from the Ventura County line down along the um, Los Angeles uh, coastal area, all the way down to uh, San Pedro. Originally, at the beginning of the year, we had uh, 14 Kiwanis clubs, and now we have uh, 18. So that's me in a nutshell. Wow, very, very interesting. It's, 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 I always, I really, when people say, what, do you, what is your show about? Well, I would say that it's, it's obviously about my guests, but I'm very interested in the human element of, you know, when, when we're going to be talking and we're going to move into Kiwanis now, I'm always interested in knowing what the background is that, that got you to where you are. People often ask me that same question. How, how did you become a radio show host? But that's, that's my story. This is your story today. And I thought, Joni, that we'd start with you, and I think what would be really uh, beneficial for all of us listening is just understanding what the Kiwanis Club is all about Maybe you could just tell us about what the Qantas Club is, maybe the, your your purpose and your mission. I think it would be very interesting to learn about what Kiwanis is all about. Well, thank you. Um, 
So some of the, your listeners may have heard of Kiwanis, and some of them may not. Kiwanis is a international organization made up of local chapters that was started in 1915. So we're over 100 years old. And the local chapters, called clubs, each one tries to help the children in its local community. Our mission statement is improving the world one child and one community at a time. And so each club, made up of members that select officers and have a board of directors, they decide what they're going to, what needs to be done in their local community, and they may uh, create service projects, we call them, to help the community, service projects with kids, and we do a lot of that kind of thing. We have mm-hmm. student leadership programs in the schools, and so we have a real uh, camaraderie and partnership with our student leaders. Uh, that is one of the primary distinctions of Kiwanis is our student leadership programs. And we have Circle K in colleges. We have Key Club in the high schools, which is a very large organization, much larger than we are, the adult Kiwanis. We have Builders Club in the middle schools and K-Kids in the elementary school. And so all of this, all these organizations, plus one more, that I'm going to describe in a second, comprise what we call the Kiwanis family. Our other group is called Action Club, and it's a fascinating organization made specifically for developmentally disabled and other special needs adults. And we work closely with that. My husband is very involved, as I am. And we have actually added a lot of action clubs during the course of this past year, as well as what I call adult Kiwanis clubs. So that's pretty much what we do and what our main focus is. That's, that's terrific. And I, I, and that I was going to, I think we were, I want to talk about that as well. Um, Jim, what I, what I understood is that, there are local clubs or, or what, we, what you would call chapters, and then organizationally then chapters belong, am I right, to districts? Is that how that works? But yeah, the structure? this is the boring part of it, I guess, the organizational structure of Kiwanis International. Kiwanis International is one of the three largest worldwide international service organizations made up of volunteers, as Joni said, volunteers mm-hmm. dedicated to you know, improving the world, improving the community, one, one, one community, one child at a time. Uh, Kiwanis International is, uh, has clubs, uh, you know, clubs in, I think, nearly 90 countries throughout the world. And then it breaks mm-hmm. down geographically into the district level, which are larger geographic areas. Most countries uh, have their own, their, their own little district. Uh, their own district. Uh, California and the United States is so big that they break the districts down into multiple areas of the United States, which the largest of which is California, Nevada, Hawaii. And that breaks it down wow. to a, a smaller geographical area. And then it breaks it down further to divisions. You know, it gets a little complicated, which are smaller uh-huh. geographic areas within those three states. But the, But everybody understands in this organization that the real power, the real um, oomph, uh, the real service is done at the club level. It's all about the clubs and the members and the service that they do. Yes, there's uh, there's tremendous service that can be done worldwide, and uh, probably mm-hmm. uh, Governor Joni or I and if, uh, later on will talk about what is done on an international level, which is phenomenal. But the real work of all the Qantas clubs throughout 
the world, uh, is at the local level, what their local community, what their local schools, their local children, uh, the local um, needs that the government can't fill or should not fill. And that's what the service organizations do. There's several you know, really good ones. I think Kiwanis is the best, and it's well-established and world-renowned. World if, you, if you watch uh, Back to the Future, the movie with Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future 2, where he's yes. flying in the future, into the valley of the future, you see Welcome to Hill Valley, and it's got the K there. That's that, that K with the circle around it. That's Kiwanis. And I always get a kick out of that, but most, most of oh, these you, join, uh, you drive into, at the entrance of the city, you'll see Kiwanis is there. You do. Yeah, I, you do. And it, it's a very, um, this, it, it has, it, it's memorable. You, you don't forget it. I, I would agree with you that, that it is something that you see as you drive into cities everywhere. Um, Joni, just, I, I know that we're going to get into the real meat of this, but I'm just kind of curious because of the organization and because of your responsibilities, what, as a governor, I mean, you obviously must have gotten elected to this position and you represent three states. Um, what, right. what are your what are you what's your role and responsibilities in in that capacity? What 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 is your structure like? Yeah, so um, thank you. I'm the district governor over three over a three state district, and I have no idea why they put uh, the three of us together um, because some states are their own district, like Ohio or Pennsylvania or West Virginia mm-hmm. even. Um, so I have about uh, 12,500 members. I have about 450 clubs in the district. And so in order to keep communication, you know, what you said at the outset of your show is pretty much mm-hmm. the key to uh, life and relationships. In order to keep communication with this vast spider web network, uh, we have our, our uh, district divided into divisions. Jim is a lieutenant governor. He's one of 40, 40 lieutenant governors that I have. Wow. So, so we develop training for that, and then they work with the club presidents. And so hopefully, you know, to help the clubs that need help, and um, some are small and some are very large, and mm-hmm. they all have different needs. And so then I'm also the chairman of the board for the district, and I have a board of trustees that is, uh, including officers and trustees, is 25 people. So we we have mm. about four board meetings a year. And so that handles the governance, and uh, lieutenant governors handle the people stuff, which is uh, members what it's all about. Yeah, I can understand now when you said something about it's, it's really almost like having two jobs. I mean, I'm sure that this is love, but... but um, so there's a it's it's a love of labor intensiveness that that I'm sure that you know you didn't have to accept it and so I'm sure the reason that you did is because you love um, being able to help and direct and work in um, collaboration with others so I I can see why that would be very right. meaningful and Jim yeah I, yeah and Jim um, so you Joni said so you work with the people is that is that what your has that how your role is a little bit different. Yeah, I'm more on uh, the boots on the ground. And let's be Got clear, it. nobody in Kiwanis, uh, we have very, very extremely small paid staff. Joni's not paid. I'm not paid. The club presidents aren't mm-hmm. paid. Most everybody in this organization are pure volunteers, and they, sure. you know, there's no compensation for it. We do this truly out of the goodness of our heart. Why would a you – know, like Joni's a lawyer, and I'm a lawyer, and we have you know, mayors, and we have doctors, and we have – 
everybody from every walk of life. Why do they do this? Uh, because mm-hmm. we're all the same mindset. We want to give back. And uh, But as far as lieutenant governor, I'm much closer to the ground, much closer to the members. I, I look at it. My role as lieutenant governor is providing a resource, guidance, and everything the club needs and the members need uh, at my level uh, to do what they want to do. I need to get them all the resources, tools, um, and knowledge, skills, uh, so they can they can do the good work. So they can do the volunteer mm-hmm. work, and it's it's very exciting to see the tremendous, I mean, phenomenal amount of good works deeds that uh, Kiwanis does just in Southern California. Uh, it's it's been one of the joys of my life this last year to to get a broader scale, to get a bigger picture of you know 18 Kiwanis clubs and all the, the the volunteers they have and all the good works they do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm closer to the ground than what, uh, what, what Governor Joni is. She's, like she says she has over 450 clubs uh, throughout three, three states, which is a huge geographic area. Uh, I'm more close to the ground, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I believe I know a little bit about you guys because, I, 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 you know, I looked you up and we've had some conversations. You can belong to more than one club. Is that correct? So you might have this these district or, or division-level responsibilities. But I believe each of you have your own local, local club that you belong to as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We um, okay. have a home club, and then maybe uh, uh-huh. we join a different club. For, yeah, for example, I am part of the New Redondo Beach Club, but I'm also part of the Rose Float, Kiwanis Rose Float Club, which is what oh. we call a single-purpose club. We have a few of those. And what about but most you, of the clubs are Oh, go ahead, sorry, Tony. Go ahead. Oh no, most of the clubs are, are what we call traditional clubs or some of the new ones are, you know, um meeting in the evening and so there's all different kinds of club structures. Yeah. And Jim can talk about that probably better. Okay, well Jim so uh, as for myself, what club uh, do you I'm sorry, sure. go ahead. I no, I uh, uh, am a member uh, of the Lomita Harbor City Kiwanis Club, which is my base home club. But I've, I've joined two other clubs. So yes, you are correct, Marcia. You can be a member of the more than one clubs. It's not done often, but if you're really passionate about it, and uh, with Redondo Beach being a new club and uh, Inglewood being a new club, uh, I'm a member of those clubs because I want to see those clubs succeed. So uh, most people are members of one club. Uh, and on that same issue, can you be a member of different service organizations? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, my current club president of Lomita Harbor City, she's a member of the Lions International. She's also a Lions, but she's mm-hmm. also president of a local Kiwanis club. So you can you can really do some, some volunteer work. It's a matter of how much time and resources. But generally, it's, it's, not, it's not often done. It's only for those you know, really crazily, crazily compassionate uh, people who really want to have a tremendous impact and have the time and effort to, to devote to it. But most people are a member of one club, and that club is becomes their family, and that's where they do their service work through as a single club. It's, it's interesting because, as I mentioned up at the top, I know how much Chad and Jeff were very active in their in the local Kiwanis club and I honestly I don't know if it was the LAX club or if it not really sure which club that they belonged to but it was what I get what I could easily sense from both of them and I'm sure you would agree is that it becomes family and and you support one another and you and you have not a single purpose but maybe multiple purposes but all with the same motivation of helping communities and helping young people and 
and working um, for the betterment and striving for that. And then you're around like-minded people and then you become friends and you golf together and you, and you enjoy a dinner together and you celebrate somebody's birthday together and you just have this wonderful bond that I think, you know, happens in service organizations. I'm, I'm involved in nonprofit organizations and I, I know what that's like. And there is something uniquely um, inspiring and beneficial, whether it's my local YMCA, which is where I met Chad initially, or um, in the organization that I belong to called Share Hope USA. When you work together with people that have a passion about what they do, so much can be accomplished. And I just want to see the glass half full. I don't want to concentrate on what's not working. I really do these shows every week to bring to people's minds what is working and and I think that that you are you are both an example of that and when um Joni when we talk about Kiwanis clubs in the community what would you say is the main reason that people would have a Kiwanis club in their in their local community is there a reason someone would set a club up the belief that they can make a difference in their community they need mm-hmm. uh, to have a passion for helping children. And there should be at least a couple of people who have a vision of what what can be. Like you were saying, it's important to have the positive approach. And there's too many people saying, oh, you can't do that, or why, why do you want to try to do that? Um, one mm-hmm. of the things I do as district governor is promote a positive attitude and promote a positive team spirit so that, as you were saying, there's a lot more that we can accomplish if we work together. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. I mean, that's just the truth. And and um, I think it's I think it would be interesting. I'm interested in knowing, Jim. This would be my question to you, and I I will actually ask you the same question, Joni, in just a moment. And that is, with all the clubs that are out there, you mentioned Lions. There's Rotary. There's there's all kinds of of clubs that are out there. Um, why did you um, join Kiwanis, Jim? Well, it, when I was in high school, way back when, I was a member of Key Club. Uh, Key Club mm-hmm. is, I didn't know it at the time, is high school Kiwanis. And uh, all I thought it was a bunch, bunch of uh, students got together. We did some service projects, and uh, we raised a little funds, and we held up keys for the high school yearbook, and I, that's all I knew that the Key Club was. I didn't really real, I didn't know that it was part of this much larger, much bigger, much greater Kiwanis family, as, as Joni referenced. And I came back into Kiwanis, you know, in my late 40s, which was a long time away. Um, I was brought to Kiwanis. Uh, I was on the chairman, of, uh, president of my local chamber of commerce and on the, been on that board. And several members on that board were, hey, you got to come over to Kiwanis. you got to come over to Kiwanis. And I knew what Kiwanis was, like most people. You've seen it. Yeah, it's a volunteer organ, something, you know. And I was, I was too busy. Uh, and I still mm-hmm. am. But I was too busy. Mm-hmm. And they kept dragging me, saying, you got to come, you got to come. Finally, uh, one of the, one of the uh, wonderful women, uh, she dragged me by, grabbed me by the wrist and said, come on, you're going. And I went over and uh, went to my local Lomita Harbor City Kiwanis Club and was felt very welcome right off the bat. And there was something about these people from all walks of life that was I had a, a draw to. They were just so open, so friendly, and I, I felt right at home immediately. And I said, well, this is something I want to look into a little more. And I became a Kiwanian from, from there. Uh, why I joined was, like Joni says, I wanted to, to give back. Uh, there was this 
there was a something at that stage in my life in my late 40s I was you know somewhat successful I you know worked really hard in my 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 jobs and my career and I'd reached a point in time where geez uh, uh, you know no no kids at that point in time and there's this emptiness in in my not an emptiness but just something lacking in life and mm-hmm. w- what can I do with this thing I wanted to have the most people have a need to give back at some point in time. Most, most all decent humans, they want to do something good. And that need was in me and it's in most everybody. And I found that outlet uh, to, to, do, to, do, to fill that void uh, in Kiwanis. And at, going back to your previous comment, there's not just the service that we do and the club and the organization and all that stuff, but we make enduring friends. I mean, the, uh, the people mm-hmm. that I, in my we throw that word family out, but no, they, they really come become very close like family. We'll do anything for each other. And we, we pal around, we socialize outside of Kiwanis and service. And so you make enduring friendships that are just with, with, with the best people in the world. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a, one of the many benefits that I personally get out of it. I make just some, hang around some really fun people of excellent character. And it's not just at the club or at doing good. We pal around them, you know, go out to dinner and have fun with each other and they become your family. Uh, so uh, that's one of the many benefits. And that's one of the, one of the many reasons why I continue to be in Kiwanis is because of the enduring friendships, the family, the individual relationships that you, that you meet with like-minded people who want to make the world a better place. In your Lamita club, which is your primary club that you, that you started with. And I understand you've branched out to a couple of others um, to out of curiosity. How many how many members are are in your club? We currently have about I think it's forty eight members. So we're a, a, wow. a small to mid mid sized club. Uh, mid sized. There are some like Joni's Governor Joni said. There's some clubs that are much bigger. There's a lot of clubs that are much smaller. Uh, I have found hmm. if you've got a core group of you know ten to fifteen to ten to twenty people, you've got a dynamic club. You can do tremendous work. Yeah. Uh, our club we, we have forty eight and. Uh, and a various activity level. Uh, we have some that have been members for you know, decades, and they come up to they show up once once or twice a year to various events, and they pay their dues, and that's all they do. That's all they want to do. They've done their time, and that's all they can do at that stage in life. We have other map, uh, members that are um, you know really active and really want to get involved and really want to do tremendous things right now, and we have those too. Mm-hmm. So in, in most clubs, you have a, a core group of you know, hardcore uh, volunteers uh, that are there and do most, do everything. And then you have the, the broad spectrum. The good thing about Kiwanis is you can do as much or as little as you want. And nobody gives you grief about it, at least not in my club, uh, my clubs. It's, it's volunteer. And we all understand we're, we, we all have other things in life. We have children and careers and jobs and family and health problems and, you know, life. Uh, but right. This is volunteer. And, uh, and the, the amount of service you dedicate ebbs and flows according to what life is giving to you at that moment. So nobody in Kiwanis that I've seen ever gives anybody else grief. Oh, you only, you, you've only been to one, one event the whole year. It's, it's, it's not that way. Nobody's laying guilt on anybody else. It's volunteer. You do what you can as much as you can. And, you know, there's the opportunity. You've got freedom and flexibility. That's terrific. Joni, I'd like to ask you that same question. You mentioned, um, I believe, that your – was it your husband that was in Kiwanis first? Yeah. Is that how you were sort of introduced? Why, why did you join? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so my husband has been a member for 25 years. I've 
been a member since 2004, so about 14 years. And he would always take me to things. Um, this is the Corn's Clove Hermosa Beach, which at the time was probably about 70 members. It was a very wow. uh, active club. And finally I just said, so are you going to make me a member of this thing or what? And um, because I was going all the time anyway, and I thought they were a real fun group, and they had a lot of projects that were important. Um, The one thing that's great about Kiwanis is that you don't have to worry about fixing everything all at once, you know, because our mission is to help one child at a time. So it's a very attainable goal, so you can get involved in service projects with your club, and you just, you know, want to make an impact but we're not trying to solve all the community's problems all at once. We're just trying to help out and, and provide service. So we would, um, we would be going to projects and, and my husband's statement was, and it kind of becomes something I'm trying to tell other people is he would say, Joni, it's Kiwanis. There is always more work to be done. Hmm. So that pretty much sums it up. We are always yeah. looking for what the community needs and how Kiwanis can fulfill that objective. I see. That, so makes, I got that makes sense. And I can see why it's, it, that's why it's important to you, right? You, you want to give back the same way that Jim does. Yeah, we're at a point in our lives where it's not all uh, rush, 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 like when you're in your 20s. Um, we do have a lot of people in their 20s who do come back to Kiwanis from Key Club mm-hmm. and after college. But uh, they say that our target age really are people who are maybe, say, 45 or older. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is just they have a, a bit more time to devote to uh, these, these sorts of uh, endeavors. Sure. You know, it's interesting when you mentioned Key Club. Even as I was getting prepared for your show, I thought Key Club. We had Key Club at Westchester High School. Absolutely. I got to tell you, I didn't know it had anything to do with Kiwanis. I mean, I, I didn't know why, what, what a Key Club did, but I, I know that if I was to open up my yearbook right now, I could I could show you the group of people that were part of the Key Club um, so, it, like you said, I, I think it started in Detroit. Is that right? In 1915, that where that first right. um, Kiwanis. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and it's it's interesting um, how it's grown, how it how it just worked its way across the U.S. and then abroad. I think that's really really cool. And and Jim, um, maybe what you could tell the listeners, um, what specifically does a Kiwanis member do? I, what, what do you do as a Kiwanis member? Well, that's a really big open-ended question. There's, there's you got something time, for everybody. Honey. Go away. Yeah, Go thanks. Um, what uh-huh. I tell, the, especially new members, if you've got an idea, if you, if you see something that's a need, bring it up, and we can do it. Uh, most clubs have established things that they do, but they always do something new every year. Our, as Governor Joni said, our, our primary focus is working with the children, and we have we do it better than any any other. What separates Kiwanis from other service organizations or volunteer organizations is we work directly with the children in the schools at the very least. We as we have 
Kiwanis clubs at every level of school, elementary through college. And we're very connected to those students. It's not school. It's not part of the administration of the school district, but it's a student-run club at that school. Uh, giving you a real recent example, uh, my club has a K-Kids at an elementary school locally. And last weekend, that those second, third, and fourth graders, fifth graders, uh, of that little elementary school club fed 450,000, no, 450 uh, homeless people uh, over a Sunday. That's what elementary school wow. kids can do. Can you, can you, can you mm-hmm. feed the local 450 uh, homeless people were fed by second, third, wow. and fourth graders? Yeah, with, with some adult help, but they did the work. That's just at an elementary school. And I, I love that example. Wow. You know, can children do this? If, they, if, if, a, if a seven-year-old or eight-year-old can do this, can adults do that? Well, yeah. Can you have a, meaning, I mean, a, a real meaningful impact? Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kiwanis is really connected with, with the children all the way through college and then as adults. So we're at every level, every age level except for infants, I guess. And mm-hmm. the, the younger you learn about service and giving to others, the better it is, and that's that's what sets Kiwanis apart from other service organizations. Where we work, we start them young, and we hopefully hang on to them. But as Joni said, our our, our for adults, our biggest target, uh, biggest membership area gra- demographic, I guess, would be from 45 and up because the kids the kids are grown because they have more time. And now now what do I do with my life? Now I'm at this this stage in my life where my kids are grown, they're they're off to college, and I'm I'm at nearing the peak of my, you know, financial and earning, and now what? And now's the time to mm-hmm. give back to life. You know, life's given me good, uh, given me my children and, and my career and my home and whatever else God has blessed you with, but now I'm going to give back. And that's where uh, volunteer service through Kiwanis or any other uh, service organization really comes into play. You mentioned this elementary school level of of giving and supporting, and it it really does translate to this organization that, that I belong to called Share Hope USA. It's very small. It's not. This is this is a, this is a family run organization started by an eight year old. He's eleven now, but started by an eight year old. And I believe that if we capture these children young, as young younger than eight, and Clearly, they can't do this without the support of their family members. What's happening is you're not just providing these children with these service opportunities, but you're engaging their parents too. And then their parents go to work. And their parents talk about, oh, you aren't going to believe what we did this past weekend at Susie Q's school because we went out and together as a, as as students of our of our elementary school and some of the parents that were able to come and we provided food for homeless and we know that in in Los Angeles proper the homeless population whether you're Orange County or LA it's enormous and and it's not just homeless adults there are children and families that are also really struggling and for children to learn not to be afraid of that and to say, can they, can they smile? Can they hand somebody a sandwich or a hygiene kit or whatever it is that your group is doing? You don't forget that. 
you you remember that when you're nine and you remember that when you're 19 and you remember that when you're 39 because it touches your heart and you share it with your siblings or your cousins that maybe live in another state and that that sort of that Prell commercial that we knew when we were younger and so on and so on and so on. It's how organizations strive and build. And it's, it's thrilling. It's thrilling to hear your uniqueness um, in involving children so young in a program like this, because I would imagine that they continue through your other clubs. And I know, Joni, I know we're going to really talk more about that because I'm personally, I'm very interested in the children's side of your clubs, but I, it's just, I, I love hearing that story, Jim. And I hope that as we continue through the show that you will continue to share both of you more stories. Uh, Joni, I have a curiosity back a little bit to structure because I worked at a YMCA. That's a nonprofit. We did things for the community as well. Um, and we had boards and, you know, we raised money and we did a lot of the similar things you're talking about. But are, are all the clubs sort of structured from club to club? Do some clubs meet once a month and some clubs meet weekly? How, how, and and does, does everybody have their own goal within their, their own um, local club or chapter? Uh, every club has a similar structure in that uh, they are a not-for-profit corporation. They have rules and regulations of the government they have to follow. They have to have a board of directors, but the size of the board can vary depending on the size of the club. And then they would have officers, and they would have a club secretary, a club treasurer, and a club president at the minimum. Um and those, and the president and the secretary are very, very important as the treasurer. So every club does decide what its particular focus in the community will be, um, what kind of service projects it will do on a regular basis or maybe a one-time project that year. One thing that the clubs all have in common is that almost every Kiwanis club is what we call a sponsor club for one of our student groups. And hmm. so what that requires, it's important. What that requires is it requires to be at least one Kiwanis member who is willing to be that student club advisor. And then we need to have a faculty person who is the faculty advisor. And when we have a good faculty advisor, the club really can prosper and grow. Uh, right now, for example, at Redondo Union High School, they're just going back to school this week and sometime next month all the clubs in the high school will have what they call rush week, and then people will sign up for key club. And, um, and so every year, you know, they begin again, and they have new officers too. So our Kiwanis year runs um, October 1st through September 30th. And uh, right now we're in the midst of a transition, which happens every year. And our student mm-hmm. groups go through that a little bit different timing because of the school year. And uh, it's really a wonderful thing that the Kiwanis clubs do by sponsoring these student groups. Now, the problem is, is the key club, like you were saying, there's a disconnect. They don't exactly understand what our role is with them, but most of them do understand they have a sponsor Kiwanis club. And so we help fund them 
they collect money for themselves. They do fundraisers, but we help to send them to their conventions. We help to provide funds for their training. We are very training intensive in Kiwanis, and Mm -hmm. we try to develop students, not just students, but our club members into leaders. And so every club has its own process for developing a member into somebody who will say, be on the board of directors, and who will say, step up, as we call it, and become club president. Mm -hmm. So we have some clubs that are maybe 90 members, but most of them, like Jim said, are below 50 members. I see. I would imagine that any high school kid that's college-bound and obviously needs to put together their own resume about what they've accomplished must be very nice to be able to indicate that on your application form that you are a member of the Key Club and you are a member of a larger organization called Kiwanis. And if you are developing leadership skills there, um, how impactful that will be as not everybody wants to be a leader, and I understand that. There needs to be, not everybody will be a leader, but you'd like to think that you can be an influencer, that you can be a difference maker. And um, by being in these clubs, particularly if maybe, you know, you don't have any, you're, you're not a jock and you're not an actress and you're, you're a good student and you take all these AP classes and you, you're very directed in college, going to college. But how nice it must be to just, I mean, I found myself actually just taking a deep breath when I said that, that, you know, there's something other, along with all those other um, goals and objectives when you're particularly and you're in high school, but you've even mentioned that that there are college um, clubs as well. There's just something about learning those skills, learning, maybe learning how to be a leader or how to be um, a good group member, how to, how to be involved in active listening, how to understand how to brainstorm, how to understand that your voice matters and that you can share those, that voice with others and be respected and listened to all of those, all of those growing tools in an organization that's been around for over a hundred years is all building future, our future citizens. And we know that, that this belongs to them, that we're just merely helping them get there, but, they're going to succeed us and we're not going to be here at some point. And what a better world we're going to have if you've got young people that have been experienced to things that otherwise they may not have ever even known about. And I just think that that's another beauty of being in an organization like yours. I, I just, I just think it's fabulous. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. Those were excellent points. Well, I, uh, we, well, you we want them to, oh, to develop their own independent and decision-making process, but we, but we want them to learn to be a part of a team, and they do learn that. Mm-hmm. They learn to be part of a mm-hmm. team and to work together. You know, my training into becoming a radio show host, no, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying you know, and, and I'm a Toastmaster, so I know that that's not the correct way to say this because why would you know unless I tell you? One of the ways that I got to where I am today is because I was fortunate enough that I was that stay-at-home mom. 
and my husband had a wonderful career at Hughes Aircraft and then on to Raytheon. And so I was able to be home. And what I learned through the organization of PTA was how to be an advocate and how to be a leader. And I went to trainings because I was a leader in that organization of PTA. And I learned some of these skills that just, if I didn't know it, it didn't seem obvious at the time, I did learn it. And then I took that with me. And after all those years of volunteering, and my kids were now off to college, I was able to take those skill sets and move them over to the YMCA in my community where I've always lived. I'm one of those lucky ones in that I still remain in the community I was born and raised in. And I'm very, very connected to this community and what it means to be part of this Mayberry Westchester community inside the big <laughs> city of Los Angeles. People sometimes don't even realize we're here as they're hurrying off to the airport. And I think that clubs and volunteering, just it just sets the stage. And I think that we would like to see all of our children have that opportunity because it doesn't sound like you'd be discriminated against from joining. And I guess, Jim, that's really what I guess what I would like to ask you. Uh, I would presume that to be a member of the Kiwanis, maybe you could just tell me, how, how does one join Kiwanis? Is, is there a fee? How does, how does that work? Well, we are a volunteer organization, but we're a fee-based volunteer. I think the uh, initial, there is a fee and there is dues. Uh, the initial fee to become a member of Kiwanis International is a one-time, I think it's about $100, uh, which is not much. And then the, the cl each club sets their own dues. Clubs need to uh, have some dues because you know, they need insurance and the, the administrative costs, which are extremely little. Most clubs, they charge, you know, 20 25 bucks. Uh, for dues, um, but what does it, it take to join Kiwanis? Uh, Google Kiwanis in your Kiwanis in your city, and you'll find the Kiwanis Club, or contact Kiwanis International, uh, Kiwanis1.org, uh, and say I want to uh, join a Kiwanis Club. I'm interested in learning about more about Kiwanis, and Kiwanis International that, that's situated in Indianapolis will send a an email down to me, and then I send it down to the president. Hey, this person's in your in your city. Uh, contact them because they're interested in Kiwanis. Go get them, and then I'll follow up with them. So uh, you can, mm -hmm. there's many ways to do it. Just you know, look up Kiwanis in your city because it's pretty much everywhere. Nice, nice. That's good to know. Um, you know right. Each Joni, club is small. It looks like okay. There we are. Um, and so, so there is a fee, and and that and that's okay. And I, I mean, I, I would imagine there, there's a fee for most clubs, frankly. Um, I'm looking at the time, and I want to make sure that we cover some of these other areas. So, Jim, can you just share with us a big project that you guys have done in your Kiwanis Club? What, what's a volunteer project that you've been involved in? Real, real quick, three big things. Recent, well, recently in 25 years ago, the mayor of our city came to our Kiwanis Club and said, hey, we have this land, and we want to give it to Kiwanis, but we want you to build senior housing on it. My club, my club president Ooh. at the time was a mechanic. Uh, he goes, uh, yeah, okay. And he went up through Kiwanis International over to Congress, over to HUD, and we built uh, at the time 27 years ago uh, with HUD funding uh, a 67-unit, a three-building, three-story senior housing project. That was pretty big. At the time, it was one of the largest ones that Kiwanis had done. And it's in my city. It's two blocks from my house. Still there. It's beautiful. So mm. my club uh, owns a 67-unit senior housing project. Um, wow. and 
two, about four years ago, one of our elementary schools was in really bad shape. Uh, we did a, what's called a Kiwanis One Day, where we we have we raise funds for to do good and to do service, and we rolled out our key clubs and our uh, other Kiwanis Club members, and in one day we transformed, refurbished an, an entire elementary school in one day. It sounds. Yeah, the principal didn't believe we could do it, but we can. Oh, yes, you can. We rolled out an army. Over the course of one day, about 150 volunteers showed up, and we had spent – we got donations of materials, paints, plants, trees, and we completely rebuilt an elementary school in one day. When the Japanese tsunami hit my club, we were sitting around the board of directors meeting. Well, gee, that's tragic. Is there something we – that's Japan. That's not Lomita. Mm-hmm. That's not California. It's not United States. Uh, can we do something at, at the club level? For these people, we had a member that was an international shipper. Well, can we ship them some water? Uh, yeah, sure, let's do that. And let's get a little broader, a little bigger. One little club, you know, 12 people, 11 people. Uh, well, let's, let's raise some funds. Let's get the word out and get some churches involved in our SLPs and other clubs. And we got a uh, uh, Feed the Starving Children. Uh, these are it's another nonprofit charitable organization. We got together with them, and over a three-day period, we, pa- we packaged and shipped 300 and I think it was 30,000 meals to oh, Japan. Wow. So those are you wow. big things. Yes, you can do great things. You can provide, build senior housing. You can ship 300-something thousand meals to Japan. Uh, you can refurbish an elementary school. Those are pretty big things. But the opposite mm-hmm. of the scale, if you can touch one child's life, and that's yeah. where it, it's even more impactful, just showing up for this one kid or showing up and just being there. Uh, and seeing that's where you, it really hits you where you, you never saw it coming. And you, all I did was mm-hmm. show up and it, you've changed one kid's life. So you can do it on an individual basis, which I think is most meaningful, or you can do it on a grand scale, all at the club level. Yes, you can. So the, but that's what my one club has done. It's been around since 1936, but uh, you know, yeah, you get, you get 12 people together with an international organization. Oh yes, you can, you can do great things. God, that's a fabulous story. Joni, and and kind of keeping along with what Jim, God, that's really moving. Um, You had mentioned there's there's key clubs, but there are a couple of other youth programs that that I thought maybe you could just touch on as well. Do you hear me, Joni? Hello. Sorry about that. Um, Oh, I'm here. Sorry about that. Okay, so Jim was mentioning that one of our local elementary groups, the K-Kids, they decided to take on a service project and feed the homeless, and I think it was 750 homeless people that were fed, Um, and that was something that they organized and, and, and pulled off on their own. Our student groups are student run. They're student led, and the adults are just there, uh, to not even to supervise, but to chaperone and to, you know, just make sure the kids are safe. So anyway, then we have the Builders Club, which is in the middle schools. And they do all kinds of service projects. You can't imagine how many service projects these kids can come up with. They really can take a sharp look at their community and say, you know, here's something that needs to get done. And then they do service projects about that. And they they compete with other uh, of their same kind of club for who does the most service and who has the most service hours and um, how, hmm. yeah, and how involved uh, everybody gets. And then the one thing my husband and I are involved with is the Action Club for de- Developmentally Disabled or, or Other Special yes. Needs 
adults. And so you have to be 18 or older. We have people who are 18. We have people who are elderly. Now, we have three action clubs in our local South Bay of L.A. area, Jim's Division. And my husband um, is instrumental in this program and has been promoting it actually all over the district this year. We have over 50 action clubs in our district. So every year um, there's a – actually they have their own leadership conference. And we sometimes refer to it as camp. They spend a weekend at a place called Wonder Valley, which is about a half an hour outside of Fresno in the Sequoia National Forest. It's just a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. They, um, of course, were very strict with chaperoning and, and all that. But they get to do arts and crafts. They get to go boating. Fishing is a huge hit. And it's an experience that they really don't get to have any other way. So we take up two vans full and we drive up there and uh, hang out for the weekend. And then we come back. And that's something that um, the clubs, faction clubs who are able to go and participate in this, um, have, really in, have really enjoyed. It's just a very unique, very unique experience. So... That leads me to something that I, I do want us to touch on, which is this thing. It's called the Kiwanis moment. And okay. so people in Kiwanis might ask one another, so what was your Kiwanis moment? Now, when you spend a lot of time in Kiwanis like, like I have or Jim, there's more than one moment by now. But the Kiwanis moment is when you're standing there or sitting or whatever and you realize that the impact you're making, that somebody else – is really benefiting from what you are doing. And it could be something really basic and really simple, like, you know, me helping somebody with an arts and crafts project at action club camp, or Mm -hmm. it could be a a child saying, thank you. I really enjoyed myself today. Uh, It could be an elderly person who just appreciates being invited to, um, you know, a Christmas meeting, things like that. So, Mm-hmm. People describe them all different ways, and I'm I'm sure Jim has his as well. But it, it's just it's a thing for us. And once you have a Qantas moment, you'll know it. It's kind of a transcendental experience where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. I get it. I get why I'm here. And so does yeah, that happen? Like Johnny says, it's, it's, no, it happens on an individual level. It's some people call it an aha moment. Again, another way of saying it. Right. Uh, it's where. It, and it usually comes, you don't expect it. It's not a planned thing. It's, as, as Governor Joni said, it's, oh, this is why I do this. This is why I spend my time and pay my dues and why I join Kiwanis. And it rocks you right to your soul. Uh, you know, I'm a trial attorney, and we, we don't care much for anything, but this will bring you to tears <laughs> when you really see out of the blue, and it just, it's just like getting hit upset, you know, wonderfully, getting shocked and stunned. Oh, my God, I, I really had an impact here and what a great wonderful emotional soulful feeling you get uh when, when and it happens the more longer you stand the more you do uh the, the more you'll have them and you never see them coming they just it's out of the blue i didn't realize i didn't realize that I, all i did was just you know show up but you have tremendous impact uh life change you you change people's lives you impact their lives and you don't you don't see it coming you don't see the you don't see it until it actually happens to you. And then you get the aha moment, the Kiwanis moment. You go, oh, my God, that just rocked me. I didn't, I didn't know. That's why I do this. And it, it, it's, it's, uh, 
a life, you know, transcendental moment, a life-changing, altering moment in your life. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. oh, and, I, and, it, and it, it inspires you and fires you up to even do any more, do more. It's uh, it's really something. So yeah, it's it's until you until you experience it, you have that aha moment. You don't know what it is, but you definitely want to get involved in, and try it to find out what it's about. So I guess my question is, you have this aha Kiwanis moment. Is that something that you would share? at a meeting or is that just your personal private thing and you don't share it with others? Well, that's a good well, I, question, I, I but no, you, you definitely would share it, right, Jim? Share it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that would, so you might be at a meeting and perhaps the president or somebody would say during the meeting, does anybody have a Kiwanis moment that they would like to share? Would it be something like that? And somebody would, or they wouldn't. Could be, could be. Okay. We have or, this or thing or called it happens. Oh, that's okay. We have this thing called happy, sad dollar where the member gets to stay, stand up and say whatever, you know, just mm-hmm. for the fun of it um, or to acknowledge someone. So a lot of people do share those moments during that time. And mm-hmm. if you have a really extensive Qantas moment, you could actually be the speaker program for the club and let them know really how all this came about. So, right. And we have a saying right. also that is live it, share it, love it. So, you live, you walk your walk as a member of Kiwanis, and then you share your experience with, with other people so that they can come and be part of it and understand why they're needed. Live it, share it, share it, love it. Love it. Pretty simple words to live by, but so significant, wouldn't you say? I just, yeah. it's, it's remarkable. And, you know, I, I, I and I know, I, I, I always know when we, when I plan these shows, I'm, I'm, it's like, oh, gosh, we could go on for another hour. But I would like you to once again state, if somebody's listening right now and they're living in another part of the, the country, because this isn't, obviously, this is an internet, internet show, it's a podcast. If there isn't um, a Kiwanis club near them or they feel even compelled because there isn't one, where, how would you, where would you, what would you, where would you redirect them? Um, Jim, I think you might have mentioned it earlier. Where would they, who would they contact? How would they get that started? Yeah, they can, you know, 411 or, or Google Kiwanis International and get to the international and say, I live in, you know, uh, in, in a small town in Nebraska. I want to, I'm interested in forming a Kiwanis club. I don't think we have one here. How do I go about doing that? And they will get you to somebody like Joan nice. or somebody t- like myself in your area that said, oh, yeah, we'd love to bring one, bring Kiwanis to it. As Joni may have mentioned, we brought two new Kiwanis clubs this year, one to Redondo and one to Inglewood, California. Those aren't small cities. Those are international cities. So uh, mm-hmm. but they didn't, for some reason they didn't have a Kiwanis club, but now they do. Uh, so anybody right. listening throughout the country, if they don't have one, contact Kiwanis International, and we'll get you one for sure. Terrific. And, you know, I thought I'd give you this, this last little bit of time for either one of you, if you have any final thoughts that you would like the listeners to know about just what you do and, and the impact and just any final thoughts you might have about our show today. I, have, I would like to say something that might be uh, obvious, but uh, as, an, as, as an attorney, I've learned that sometimes it's necessary to state the obvious. I think that your listeners mm-hmm. can tell that I'm female and that, you know, you stated I'm the district governor, so I have the highest ranking position in the district, but I, I want to say women are invited and encouraged to join Kiwanis. And a lot of these organizations, they were all male for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to just to state that 
um, even if it seems obvious, because it's not obvious mm-hmm. to a lot of older people who became familiar with these groups when they were all male. Um, right. Also, it's just it's a rewarding thing. You have fun and you help your community, and it gives you the connection. And one thing that we're really interested in doing where we create these new Kiwanis clubs is to create that sense of community for mm-hmm. everybody in their town. And that's what Kiwanis can bring. We can bring a sense of community to a place. And uh, that's a pretty cool thing, too. I couldn't agree more. Jim, what about you? Do you have any final thoughts for you? I, sure. I would say to anybody listening, if you, have, if you want to make a meaningful impact in the lives of others, have a meaningful impact in your community or worldwide, you know, but mostly it's your community, if you want to, to use a, a song, leave the world a better place, this is the place to do it. If you want to help nice. the youth of our world, of our of our country and our world grow and to become, you know, the next generation, this is the place for you. If you want to be around, you know, great people of great character who are tremendously fun and mm-hmm. uh, form enduring life friendships, Kiwanis is the place for you. Uh, I I, uh, I devote. Uh, a good portion of my free time uh, to Kiwanis because you get out of it what you put into it like anything else and I get a tremendous degree of personal life satisfaction. If I were to die tomorrow I'd die a happy man and a lot of it has to do with, I'm not going to not gonna die but I, if I were, I would die a happy man and mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with the people I've met the, the, I've left the world a better place and Kiwanis has enabled me very easily to do that. Oh, it's it's a beautiful way to to close out the show. And many of my guests I have joined me later into the year, maybe six, seven, eight months later, because I want to know, so now where are you along this process? And perhaps you guys will consider coming back and joining me, you know, if not at the end of the year, the beginning of next year when you set your goals and objectives. But I just... I just want to thank you so much. And, Jeff, you were right on, dude. Thank you for, for introducing me to, to Joni and to Jim. Um, and just thank you so very much for imparting your passions with my listeners. It's, it's, it's been a tremendous show, and I just I want to thank you both so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for giving us uh, all, all this time and helping us to inform people what we're all about. Yes, Marcia, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to, to share the Kiwanis message and the opportunity for your listeners uh, with your listeners. Thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. My, my pleasure. And I'm going to just tell you, next week on Monday is Labor Day, and guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to maybe just go and have some fun somewhere. I don't normally do that. Perhaps I'll, I'll replay a previous show, but after that, the show following that on November, I mean, uh, on September the 10th, I'm having re- a returning guest. I'm having friends that are from Natabas um, Safari Tours because I went to Africa with them. And I'm going to be talking all about why everyone should go to Africa. It's so fabulous. But that will be for two weeks from now. So until next time, everyone, thank you so much for joining me today. Go out and make it a great week and maybe check into your local Kiwanis Club where you too can make a difference. Bye for now. Bye.